What is going on, Breakthrough Success listeners? Mark Birdie here. In this episode, we're going to talk about how you can use YouTube advertising to gain more awareness for your product, for your service, for your brand. YouTube is one of the most popular social networks, and video is the most engaging form of content. You put the two together in an advertising network, and a lot of possibilities can come out of it. Our guest who joins us today runs Links Digital, an agency that has generated their clients over eight figures in revenue. Our guest has worked with clients like Prodigy Game, Kino Body, Amazing Selling Machine, and more. With multi-seven figures under ad spend management, the guy spends millions of dollars on YouTube ads seeing how all of this stuff works. It's no wonder his agency is one of the leading YouTube agencies in the game. Our guest who joins us is none other than Shash Singh. Shash, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me on here. And that was quite the intro. <laughs> Shash, it is such a pleasure to have you on Breakthrough Success. And to have millions of dollars, I mean, that's just so much like an ad spend for yourself, for your clients. You just learn so much. You, I can only imagine how much data you have. But for someone who's starting with absolutely no data whatsoever, how do you suggest we figure out who do we target? with our ads yeah so the first thing you got to do when you're obviously starting an ad campaign on youtube is first of all you got to really understand your customer right so if you're selling something to let's say freelancers right and you want to target them then there's the best way to start with that is number one keywords so keywords would be based on youtube metadata so youtube metadata is basically kind of the title the description and some of the text in the video, right? So basically YouTube takes that information and then you, when you target by keyword, and let's say the keyword is how to freelance, YouTube will find videos that are related to that topic because they might have that in the title, they might have that in the description, in the, in the tags and so on. So that's kind of the first way to do it is like keyword targeting. And the second way to do it is what I like to call custom audiences, but they're really, really powerful because you can essentially target people on YouTube based on what they're searching on google.com. So if on google.com they search for, um, let's say, how do I freelance, right? Or how do I make more as a freelancer? Then on YouTube, you can target that same person after they've made that Google search, which is incredibly powerful because Google is the world's biggest search engine. And then YouTube is the world's second biggest search engine. So you're kind of combining the power of two to hit them on YouTube after they've searched on Google for that. And then obviously if you're running search ads and YouTube ads, you kind of are able to hit them on different stages of the funnel. So that's another great way to do it. And there's just a lot of different audiences. Other audience types are, for example, in-market audiences, which is audiences that Google creates based on what who they think would be interested in a certain type of product. And so within market, you can get stuff like people who are interested in investment, people who are interested in buying sportswear, or people who are interested in signing up for a gym club, right? So the variety of options is just, it's pretty massive. Uh, to start with keywords, custom intent, custom affinity, uh, which is basically another type of audience. So custom intent is what I told you about before, which is the targeting them 
based on their Google search. Custom Affinity is actually plugging in a website. So you would plug in a URL, let's say Upwork.com, that's a URL you plug in, and Google will then create an audience based on people who it thinks are similar to the people that visit Upwork.com, right? So Google uses all the data it has from Google Analytics, all the customer intelligence information it has to allow you to create audiences based on website URLs. And that's powerful because on Facebook, you can't do that, right? Like you literally, that's not an option to just plug in your competitor's URL and create an audience off that. So yeah, those three would be my places to start. So I don't want to take up the whole uh, podcast talking about audience types. So I'll just leave it at that. And you mentioned keywords a little bit earlier. I feel like keywords is one of those few constants where digital marketing changes so much, but those keywords are always so important. You see a lot of emphasis placed on those. How do we find the right keywords? Because you could brainstorm some keywords and hope you get lucky, but I'm sure that's not what you're doing with all these different ad budgets. So I'm wondering what's the best approach to finding the ideal keywords? So that's a really good question. Um, there are a few ways to do it. The first one is you could literally go onto YouTube and then when search up a seed keyword, right? Like a main keyword. So keeping on with the freelancing example, it might be how to freelance. And then you can see, you can look at all the suggested keywords that show up because Google basically has an auto suggest tool on YouTube. So that's like an easy way to get keywords. Another is to use a Google keyword planner tool which also gives you a lot of great ideas for keywords. Uh, you can use other tools like Keywords Anywhere, Anywhere, I believe is what it's called. It's like a Chrome extension. And yeah, essentially there's a million keyword tools, but those would be a couple places to go from. I mean, it's amazing. You could go really deep into keyword research or you could just do something a little bit more simplistic, put it into YouTube, see what YouTube gives you based on their data based on what their users are searching for related to that keyword around freelancing. Now with the ad budget, there's a bunch of different places you can put your ad and some places obviously being better than others. When you're on YouTube, you see the skip in five seconds video ad. I feel like a lot of people see that. There's also a thumbnail part where you can put your video there as if it's in the search and it shows up as an ad. Which placement works best for you based on your experience with your clients? Yeah, so what you're referring to, the second one is video discovery, uh, where you can basically have it show up for a search and then you'll click on it, go to a video. However, I prefer InStream. InStream is what's gotten us the best results most consistently over the longest period of time, uh, the majority of the revenue we've generated with our clients have been with in-stream ads. And what an in-stream ad is, it's basically those skippable ads that show up in front of other videos, right? So that by far works the best. And it's it, the reason it works the best is because there's just so much volume with that. Because, you know, let's say you go search for a video, right? You do that once in a while and you'll see uh, an ad, right? Chances are you won't click on it, right? with an in-stream ad, it's right there in front of you. So you're more likely, much more likely to actually watch it. And because of that, you're just able to have a lot more chances to actually get in front of the customer while with the video discovery ads, it's really kind of like, you know, it's like a banner ad in a way, 
where it's really easy to ignore. So the in-stream ads have the massive volume. They also just grab your attention because it's right in front of you uh, before the video you're about to watch. So if you, if you like it, if you like the ad, you may not skip it and you may actually watch a full minute or two minutes of it. And that, that full two minutes is very high engagement because you know, you're in video consumption mode, right? You're already there to watch video. So you're already engaging with video and having a video ad is the best way to capitalize on that. And then when you click the link, when you click the link through, the best thing to do is to actually send them to, uh, you know, some sort of page where they can engage with a video, like whether it's a webinar, uh, some sort of VSL, et cetera. We've seen really good results with just sending them to a page or perhaps there's opt-in, but after that opt-in, they get to watch the video because they're already in that video mind space. And I know a lot of people, they will skip the first five seconds, but I understand how doing the end stream would yield better results in video discovery, because even if you skip the five seconds, you are listening for those five seconds, like very attentively, whether it be in a rush to get to the video you actually want to watch, or you listen and you're like, let's play this out a little more. See what this ad is all about. Not all ads are like that. Some people, they just skip five seconds right away. The best ones, people don't really think it's an ad or they just don't mind watching it. So what is the script planning that goes into keeping people engaged for those first five seconds and then leading into the call to action at the end? Yeah, so the first five to 10 seconds is part of what I call the hook. The hook is kind of the first part of the video where you really want to grab their attention. You really want to make sure they're paying uh, attention to the rest of the video, right? So usually with a hook, you can do it in a few different ways. Uh, one of the ways I've seen a lot of people do it and we've done with success is saying a controversial statement that's aimed at your target audience, right? So uh, for example, we were selling work shoes, right? So work shoes, but they're basically shaped like sneakers. They're called indestructible shoes. And there was one ad that we uh, built that this ad pretty much was responsible for the majority of the account sale. It made almost a million dollars from this one ad. So with this one ad, what we did is in the first five to 10 seconds, it, the, the action on screen was a hammer dropping on a guy's shoe, right? So basically this hammer dropping and you're like, oh my God, it's gonna flat fall on this guy's shoe and you see it, him hit, it hit it and you expect the guy to be in pain, but instead he just looks up at you and he smiles. And right before this happens, the narrator says a statement, which is like, hey, uh, are you tired of work shoes that are uncomfortable and, or don't protect your feet well enough? So with the, wor the words, you're calling out your ideal audience and their pain point, which is, hey, you know, like let's say everyday kind of construction workers who want shoes that protect their feet, but also look nice, right? And then with action, you're also calling them out and grabbing their interest because, hey, everybody wants to see what's gonna happen to this guy who's having a hammer drop on his shoe, right? It's uh, so when you grab their attention like that, people wanna watch the rest of the video because it's, it's, there's interesting visual scenes. There's some sort of mystery built up. You want to know more about this product where they open up the video with such an interesting manner. So you always wanna use that hook to create that curiosity to keep them watching the whole way through. I mean, those first five to 10 seconds, it's the most important part of an ad because if you have a really amazing video, but the first five to 10 seconds aren't good, people are going to skip it. And it's very important to refine that hook. 
And you may not get it right on your first ad, but you may, if you keep creating ads, if you keep creating in-stream videos, it is something that you can master over time. Now, I know with your clients, you've got multiple videos going on for most of them because no person who's spending a ton of money on YouTube ever relies on one video because you got A-B split testing, you got different offers. How do you decide when to give up on a certain video and when to double down on another video? Like, What is that breakthrough point when you make those types of decisions? Oh, that, so that's very simple. If an ad is unprofitable or if it's not hitting KPIs, we kill it, right? So uh, the way we do that is we basically look at its performance across all campaigns. So you might have five or six campaigns running with that one ad in it, but we'll aggregate the data from those five or six campaigns. And if the overall data shows that, hey, this ad is just not performing, we may keep it, in, we may keep it live in a few campaigns where it's performing. But we know from now on that, hey, this ad is, um, it's really only works with a couple of audiences. We don't want to test it on new audiences because it's gonna just be be a very uh, surefire way to lose money, right? Just because we've seen the probability of it succeeding on those audiences is low. So yeah, it's essentially database, right? If an ad doesn't perform, kill it. And do you give yourself like a two week window for that? Or do you say after 1000 views or 1000 ad spend, what's the metric that you say, okay, this isn't profitable because some ads, they're unprofitable the first few days, but then they become super profitable. So like, what is the uh, data metric where whether it be two weeks or a thousand views or thousand dollars? So, okay, so to get a little bit deeper into it, what we're talking about now is optimization and optimization rules. So the way we do it is we, essentially each product is going to have a different optimization rule, but let's say we're selling something that's it's $40 and we can set an optimization rule that's basically, hey, if this ad spends $80 without a sale, just stop it, right? So we may, we may have five campaigns. Each campaign might have three ads in it. So we look at every single ad and once it hits $80 and there's no purchases, we'll kill it. And that's per individual ad, right? And then eventually after, let's say, um, you know, 10 to 12 days, you'll probably have excluded most of them. Now, the thing is, obviously, this affects the way you set up the budget, because if you set up the budget to spend uh, $500 in one day in that campaign, you're, it's just going to be too fast, right? You're going to end up spending like $150 with no sales on the ad, and you don't know if it's necessarily because the, the ad didn't work or because of the fact that Google just uh, randomly dumped the budget in one part of the audience that's not going to respond, right? That's why usually with budgets, when we're starting out, we keep the budgets lower so we can kind of control it and let it run over a couple of days at the very minimum before we start pausing those ads. I really like that framework because I feel like you've got people who they're super afraid of putting their money into ads. They don't want to lose money. If you're only doing a dollar a day, I mean, a dollar a day is not going to get you much, but mm -hmm. maybe a lot of people, you could do $5 a day, $10 a day and see like some traction. But again, going into it saying, in the case Shash brings up the, the $40 product, if you spend $80 and you do not sell the product, you kill the ad. And that just makes it so much easier to just have less risk with the ads. Like the worst thing you do is you lose $80, you learn lessons, you get good data that can help you with the next ad. Rather than being on one of the extremes where you don't want to spend money at all, 
or you just, oh, like $5 a day and not look at your data and then realize you overspent for something that's poorly converting. So going into an ad with those numbers makes a really big difference. Like I do more of the Amazon ad side for books, but advertising, it's all the same game. And once you understand one of these platforms, it does get a little easier to transition that skill into other advertising choices. Absolutely. Once you learn one platform, it, it's helpful for other ad, ad platforms. You can kind of take that knowledge. And essentially what media buying is, is being disciplined, right? It's having rules and sticking to them. And speaking of the rules that we stick to, Shash, I know that you have helped a lot of clients with their ads and you've managed over seven figures when it comes to ad spend. So for people who want to learn more about your agency or just want to learn about YouTube advertising, some may want the agency route, some may just want to figure out how to do it themselves. Where can we go to keep following all of the work you're doing? Yeah, so my YouTube channel is an easy place to start, and that's Shash Singh, Links Digital Universities. I'll send you a link to that. And on my uh, my agency website, linksdigitalagency.com. And yeah, it, those are the two places to go. I have a, um, yeah. We will have those links in the show notes. Make sure you check out the YouTube channel and the agency website. A lot of great content available for you guys to learn more about YouTube advertising. Shash, thank you so much for joining us on Breakthrough Success. It was a pleasure to have you here today. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for having me on. It was a lot of fun.